Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. The Healthcare Sterile Processing Association, HSPA, invites you to log on, listen and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome to the Process This Podcast. This is episode 90. Thanks for joining me. Today we are speaking with Angie Holland, discussing English as a second language in sterile processing. So what's it like to have English as a second language and work in our sterile processing? As educators, leaders, or coworkers, can you do anything differently when you're working alongside folks with ESL. Well, let's not waste any more time and let's find out. So again, today our guest is Angie Holland. Angie is the first U.S.-born child to the parents of Puerto Rican descent. Even though she was born in the U.S., her family often moved back and forth between Puerto Rico and the U.S., and this forced her to be fluent in both English and Spanish. Now, during her school year, she found herself translating information into Spanish simply to have a better understanding of the content. Angie attended a technical high school where her trade was medical assistant. During her senior year, she was offered an externship as a CSR aide, and that's how her sterile processing journey began. Over the years, Holland became more passionate and more involved in the industry. She began climbing the promotion ladder from the aide to technician to leadership and management. And as a leader, she began seeing many folks struggling with the language, which inspired her to start translating content to help others. Angie, thanks for joining the podcast today. Thanks for having me on. So we're talking about English as a second language. So how important is English proficiency for individuals seeking a position in sterile processing? So uh, English proficiency, it's of great importance in the healthcare industry. However, if we're talking about proficiency as in understanding, it's critical across the board when it comes to any type of employment. A lot of ESL um, English as a second language technicians or, you know, healthcare workers to comprehend however they are challenged when it comes to communicating back that they understand what they're, what you're telling them. So what are some common language barriers that ESL individuals may face in the field of sterile processing? Uh, okay, so common language barriers, uh, the medical terminology and trying to translate that Um, into Spanish and then back into English is one of them. Oftentimes, because we are ESL, we can use too many words. So that can be misinterpreted as we're being combative or we're being argumentative when we're just really trying to find the right word to describe what we're trying to communicate. So, I mean, that that can be challenging. Or um, simply processing a question, it's a delayed response. Okay. So when you, you face a delayed response, sometimes we tend to think, oh, well, they don't understand what I'm saying. But the reality is they're trying to process the question. Gotcha. Just trying to find the right words. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, because I can see the difficulty in trying to really figure out 
you know, converting what you know in Spanish to English and then back and forth. So that makes sense, really, that it might take a, just a little bit longer to answer a question. Yeah. So what are some ways that sterile processing departments can support folks with ESL or ESL individuals? So in sterile processing itself, um, so when I provide in-services, I make sure that they're hands-on in-services. We tend to be visual learners, so when we're okay. hands-on, we can grasp content a lot easier because we're doing it, right? So, okay. you know, if you're telling me, open that door, I might not understand, abre la puerta, right? Ah, yeah. But if you show me, then I'm going to know exactly what you're what you're trying to connect, right? So just it's um, simple things like that. Um, another thing that I've brought up to healthcare facilities that I've worked at is, can we provide an ESL program through the hospital for anybody in the industry in healthcare that has maybe a little bit of an obstacle there? And, you know, I think that that's been beneficial. Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. So can you share any success stories of folks or individuals that are second language uh, individuals who have overcome language barriers and excelled in sterile processing? Well, I'm one of them, right? There you go. <laughs> but I also, I've had technicians that um, feared being in a leadership role because they felt their accent was um, challenging for them to communicate or they didn't want to um, express themselves in front of other people because of their accent. And I've been able to promote them into leadership roles and, you know, and see them, you know, pass their CHL and, and be successful in their role and comfortable with their accent and being able to communicate with the operating room. Oh, that's great. So are there any specific programs or resources that are available that may help communication and training for individuals that are ESL? Specific programs like community colleges, a lot of them have, you know, an ESL course. Um, so, you know, that's why I often recommend our facilities reach out to these community colleges and get the ESL, you know, programs in the facility. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of community colleges have that, but we also have, the, there are books that you, you can get. There's, you know, you can reach out, you can network. And, you know, a lot of people have found me on LinkedIn okay. and just be like, hey, you know, Angie, I need that little extra help to pass this test or to study or just to be more proficient with my English. I know your thoughts on Google Translate and these translating surfaces. So are those good resources or what are your thoughts on those type of resources? I mean, if it's a word here and there, then by all means. But if you're trying to translate an entire sentence or an entire presentation or content, it's just not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. Um, I've challenged myself to do it multiple times. And like speaking in my presentation earlier, lead tech. Lead is leader. Tech is tecnico or tecnica. Um, if you translate that into... Spanish, the, the term they use is técnica superior. So if I translate that back into English, that means superior tech. So, <laughs> so it, it's it's not as easy as translating one word to another because it's entire phrases that sometimes you lose. Sure. Yeah, that's a great example. Thank you. So how can healthcare organizations ensure that their communication and their training and education are inclusive and accessible for ESL individuals? 
So I would say we're very, we're very expressive. So if, if I don't understand something that you're telling me, you're going to see it. We need to have our human resources department, like, reach out to these, you know, possible employees and, you know, give them questions ahead of time. Because we could also miss on good employees because we think there's a language barrier. It's going to be a challenge. Gotcha. So we don't want to, we don't want to lose the good, the good text, right? So I think having more visual things for, you know, these possible employees, technicians, I mean, you see you know, OR tech, surge text. you see surgeons that are bilingual, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, just having more resources when it comes to having something in Spanish, if you know that, or another language, if you know that this employee is not going to have to really have a conversation mm-hmm. with somebody, but you know that they understand the language, yeah. like they comprehend what you're saying, you could see that just having a conversation with them. Like they, you can see that they're understanding and they'll tell you that they understand but they are unable to use the proper terminology or verbatim to communicate back. Sure. So it's like a, a lot of individuals, and, and I'm one of them, you may say something complex to me. You may verbalize it or maybe written down, but if you show it to me, it's going to be a, lot, a whole lot easier. So it's kind of on those same lines. Right? Yes. So what advice would you give to ESL individuals who are considering a career path in sterile processing? Don't give up. <laughs> That's the first one. But um, reach out. There is like there are some books that are in Spanish. If you know, if you need to look at those, if you need, but really study the HSPA book because the more you read it, the more you're gonna grasp that content. Um, you know, and and if you need to reach out to me for any reason, um, by all means, because I'm happy to help anybody who's struggling with the language barrier. You can reach out to me on any of my social media pages. So are there specific things that sterile processing departments can do to really foster an inclusive workplace culture? Let's be more understanding of, you know, everybody's, um, let's not just be so defensive all the time about, oh, well, you can't speak your language, but also let's explain why they need to speak their language to better understand things. And also let's let's just have more tools out there for them with visual things. Let's let's show them how to properly inspect this or you know, let's show them what a gasket is. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying the word gasket, they might not know. Let's show them what a surgical instrument or instrumento quirúrgico is. You know? <laughs> um just awesome. there's small things out there and there are many, many B, um ESL leaders in the SPD industry. Um, and, you know, let's, let's help these technicians succeed and be more proficient with the English language. That's, that's the way we want to go. We want them to succeed in English and we want them to understand everything that we're telling them and, if, and to feel comfortable if they don't understand to let us know that they don't understand something. Yeah, and I think, you know, you spoke earlier at the conference presentation and one of the things was, somebody might be explaining something to someone and they might or might not say that they understand. And is that because of a, just the language barrier? They, they don't want to admit that they don't understand. It's yeah. It's a culture thing. A culture thing. We, we're Latinos tend to be very proud. Um, so we have a, a lot of pride and we don't like to bring up that we're struggling with something because, then we feel like we're being, that, that that was a stupid question to ask, you know, and we yeah. always say there's no such thing as a stupid question. 
But people that have an accent feel like, you know, well, it, it sounds stupid if I say it with my accent, right? Yeah. So I think that, yeah, that we tend to be very embarrassed with certain things. And that for a while, that's why I didn't go into leadership because, you know, even though I was born here and, you know, I don't say I master either language, but I can struggle with both. Yeah. So I can mispronounce words in both languages. Um, so for a while, I was afraid to say certain things. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I, I need to lead by example. So if I'm saying it wrong, somebody's going to correct me, and I'm going to learn from that. Well, that's great. And I, I think that's important for leaders to understand. So I'm glad you, you spoke about that. So what do you think the future of ESL education and language and support, you know, what does that kind of look like in the field of sterile processing, or what would you like it to look like? I, I think we're going to see huge improvements. I, I really do think that we're going to be able to provide um, a lot of uh, education that's going to be inclusive to ESL. A lot of visual, like um, a lot of images, videos. So you have the video explaining the process and you're using the words. So they're watching and they're listening at the same time and that's going to click. You know, some people think it doesn't matter, but it, it does as we're listening and we're observing the process, we're going to be like, oh, okay, so inspect means check, right? Because gotcha. <laughs> inspect can be a big word for yeah. somebody who has ESL. So they're like, inspect, what, what is, you know? Sure. So they'll, they'll be able to click those two together if we have the imaging and the verbatim going with it. So last question, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to express for our listeners today? I'm glad that my presentation touched so many people because even leaders that have those technicians that they're struggling with um, have come to me and said, thank you so much for explaining to me that it's not that they don't understand me. It's that they're trying to process this information. So one of the things that was brought up was, you know, I'll ask them a question and they can't answer and then I'm feeding more information to them and then I'm just getting them more confused. And I said, yeah. So, I mean, have patience slow down when you're talking. I know I talk really fast. So, <laughs> um, slow down when you're trying to get these individuals that have English as their second language. Pace yourself and give them the opportunity to process the information before you feed more to them. Thank you so much, Angie, for speaking with us today, giving us some insight into English as a second language and some tips that folks can actually use in their department. So thank you very much, Angie. Thank you. Well, that was a great conversation, and I'm again, I'm grateful that we were able to have Angie on the show and share some of her experiences and insight on the topic of English as a second language. So if you didn't know before today, Angie spoke at the HSPA Conference and Expo on this very topic. And the reason I bring this up, this is just a great example of the kind of education you can receive by attending the conference. And I want to do a quick shout out because they don't get recognized very much, but thank you HSPA and the folks who uh, recognized the importance of a topic like this in our industry. And again, selecting Angie to present this information, bringing this issue and issue like these to the forefront of education in sterile processing. And just another good example of why attending the conference is important because you just get to see and hear things that you normally uh, wouldn't. You might be left out. So I wanted to take a few minutes and expand on what Angie spoke about today by 
kind of giving you some resources uh, that you can look to or that you can possibly use when you have folks who are ESL, who have English as a second language in your department. Um, I think one of the most important things Angie spoke about was understanding the need or the needs of the ESL learner. You know, there's that old saying, walk a mile in someone else's shoes. You know, as I uh, heard Angie speak at the conference, and again, as she was on the show, I kind of thought about, you know, as I was a leader trying to uh, incorporate learning, you know, I didn't do a very good job of thinking about the communication barriers that might exist when doing competencies, when teaching, and those different type of uh, things. So I didn't really do that walk a mile in someone else's shoes. And, you know, looking back, you know, I think there were definitely things I could have done to improve that communication. So uh, something to think about. But what I wanted to do today was I wanted to talk about some resources that I found that could possibly help you out or help out the ESL professional. So what I did is I started out, uh, I just used Google or, you know, you can use whatever browser you have, but I started on the local level. So I started with some local resources. Now, first I used the public library system. If you've grown up with a device in your hand or always uh, somewhere in reach, readily available, you may not know what a library is. So a library can usually be found in a larger town or city. It houses a wealth of resources from books, book clubs, computer services. You know, thinking back when I was a kid, it was kind of cool to have a library card. I got to put it in my wallet. It was my own, had my name on it. And we used that library card to check out books. Uh, usually back then we checked out VHS movies. But, but I digress here. Well, I searched ESL resources on the local library website and I found some good information. So the library offered several ESL classes for free twice a week, you know, at that location, alongside with listing several other locations and organizations in the area that also offered English classes ESL classes for free. So great resource there. Uh, the library also listed out several resources such as books, CDs, DVDs uh, in their entire collection. Now, <laughs> honestly, I don't think I've had a CD or DVD player for quite a while. Now, I do have a PS4. Maybe that'll work on that. I'm not sure. But uh, you know, I've kind of moved on with technology from the DVD and CDs, but like most of the rest of the world. But if you have that resource, you know, there are definitely resources that from the public library that you can use. Now, they also have some other computer or mobile device resources. So here are some resources uh, that you can access. All you have to do is uh, type the name into your browser. First one is Duolingo. 
Now this is a, a game-like approach to learning and it has apps. It's good for iOS and Android and it's offered in 36 languages. Uh, next there's something called GCF Learn Free. Learn new words, uh, review grammar, learn to speak English. It also offers tutorials on technology and course skills, career planning and job searching. There's another site, Head Start 2 Defense Language Institute. Now this is a government service offering over 40 languages with interactive lessons with maps, images, sounds, and cultural notes. There's Innovative Languages, which offers over 30 languages, also has apps, and is available for any iOS or Android devices that you may have. Internet Polyglot, probably not saying that right, but it has extensive exercises for learning words and their pronunciations, which might be uh, beneficial for you. And it is offered in 34 languages. Another one is Streama, and that's S-T-R-E-E-M-A. It offers free TV streaming for over a hundred countries around the world in nearly as many languages. And last we have USA Learns. Learn English speaking, listening, vocabulary, pronunciation, reading, writing, grammar. So lots of good information and resources. And again, all of this is found on that local library level, doing just a quick internet search. So let's expand our search to uh, the local community college. Now, uh, the college that I uh, looked up offers ESL classes. And I really like this option because the classes are offered at different levels depending on where you are at. So they offer free placement classes so you can maximize your time. So maybe you don't need to waste your time with an introductory course um, at a level that you're already past. You know, maybe you need more advanced courses really just to hone your skills. Well, a, a collegiate course like this might be just what you need or might be helpful for you you know, as you are entering your career in sterile processing. So here's kind of a description from the school that I looked up and it says, enhance your English speaking, reading and writing skills by enrolling in a college continuing education ESL course. The college offers a variety of courses to assist you in improving your language skills so you can excel in an English speaking workforce. Now they offer introductory, intermediate, and advanced level courses to improve English language learning and communication skills in the workplace. Courses include uh, listening, speaking, reading, and writing at six different levels to help you become fluent and proficient in English. They have day, evening, live stream online classes are offered every semester and all of the courses are organized to follow successful completion from one level to another. So that, that sounds like that would be a great resource because you would have the ability to start learning at a higher level where you're at, which is probably more representative of, again, of you as the ESL learner. 
So next I looked for resources on the state level. So I moved from that local uh, level using the library, to using a local college to the state level. And I found lots of information, but most of that information I found was really geared towards classroom teachers and really the classroom teachers on a lower level. So that, that, um, elementary level. And so I uh, found, again, those classes for classroom teachers to integrate information as they taught, uh, but there was still good information, a good deal of resources available. For example, uh, the Internet TESL Journal had a lot of resources available for ESL teachers, including uh, lessons, conversation starters, activities, games, even jokes, um, media resources. There's a, a site called Games to Learn English. It's a free website that includes a variety of online activities. These activities provide fun ways to practice writing, spelling, and formatting sentences, uh, as well as reinforcing grammar. You know, they also have uh, information like posters and charts and other ESL resources, again, on the state level from the state. Now, here's something interesting for our educators out there. They have ESL certification programs. And these courses, these programs, they provide ESL certification for teachers. And what it does is it helps prepare them for the classroom and improve uh, their effectiveness when working with ESL folks. So that might be something interesting you might want to do on your own. And if so, there's a couple of them out there. There's TESOL, Teaching English to Speakers of Other Language Certification. TEFL, Teaching English as a Foreign Language Certification. And then also C. E-L-T-A, Certificate in English Language Teaching to Adults. So a lot of good information on the state level that you can use um, when you have ESL folks and you're trying to understand a little bit more about how to go about teaching. So from here, I moved from the state level and I looked to see what our government had, our federal government and really it was a lot of the same or similar programs on the federal level. And if you're wondering how you can access that information, it's really easy. Just, just Google English as a second language.gov. If you put that .gov on there, you're going to get some uh, federal uh, sites. So, hey, let's pause our conversation for just a second. Are you looking to get a CE for this episode? Well, you are in the right place. To receive the CE for this episode, all you have to do is click on the link in the episode notes, log on to the My HSPA website, make sure you use the code Puerto Rico. Again, the code for this specific episode is Puerto Rico. Now let's get back to our conversation. All right, so in my search, I you know after going through the local, state, and federal information that I could find, I also found some more information offered on the local community college level. And it was centered around medical translation Spanish to English. Now, this course 
uh, might be beneficial if you're having difficulty with medical terminology. So it sounded like a really interesting course, uh, a structured course that just helps with the more difficult medical terms. So if that's where you struggle, maybe this is an option for you, a medical translation course. So I also found a course that teaches Spanish to medical professionals. You know, earlier I said, you know, walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Well, if you're a leader, uh, maybe you should think about taking the initiative and try to learn Spanish. I bet it's not as easy as you think. At least for me, it would be very difficult. So I appreciate uh, the folks and I have much appreciation for folks who are trying to learn English as their second language and be a professional in sterile processing. So if you want to take that challenge, there are Spanish to medical professional classes that you can take. And really the point here is, is that there are resources available for ESL folks in sterile processing. And I think it was shown here from the local library to the city, the state, federal government. Uh, in my opinion, the community college seems to be the best route. Um, not only are you getting some, you can gain some college collegiate credits, but they just seem to have more information that are geared, like I said earlier, to where you're at if you are ESL looking to improve uh, your language skills or communication skills. They seem to have some better options for you. And again, there are also options if you're leaders to learn Spanish and you know try to communicate more effectively with folks. But the point here is, is that there are resources available. Um, all you have to do is spend 10 minutes and you know even just at your computer googling resources and you know things that you can do to improve uh, the communication and barriers that there are in sterile processing. Well, that music means only one thing, and I'm sorry to say that we are out of time for today. Thank you again, Angie, for sharing with us. HSBA episode 90 is in the books. Each process this podcast we do is on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. As always, stay classy, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>